I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Euro Trip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. The contest in Liverpool is getting ever closer. But of course, a little reminder for you. We mentioned it at the end of last week's episode. I'm sorry to say that James isn't here this week. He's got something else on. He couldn't get out of it. He's really busy. I imagine he's having a horrible time because he's not here, but I don't know. He can tell us all about it next week when he's back on the podcast, but fear not, because you have me. Hello, I'm Rob, by the way, if you don't know that already, but I'm sure you already do. And to plug the gap left by the James-shaped hole in this episode of the Eurotrip, we have not one, but two of the class of 2023 joining us. So we should probably get to it then. It's time for the Eurotrip. As you know, Lassandra always said, take it away. For me, Eurovision is much more than just a job, but it's part of me. Giannis, let me say, we were your first ever Eurovision interview way back in January. <laughs> I remember! <laughs> so, Gisli Baltarsson, Iceland's commentator, welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much, and thank you for the Eurotrip. I've been listening to you. Being face-to-face, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, your beautiful face. <laughs> I was like, But it is cute. beautiful as well, though. We were talking on the phone. Yes. Do you want to have a hug? Yes, please. Yeah, that would be great. Cornelia Jacobs, congratulations. Thank you. Give me a hug. Hi there. My name is Martin Estadol. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob. 
Yeah, and just me, Rob. I was leaving a gap there where James would normally appear, but not this week. It is just me with you here, bringing you all the very latest news from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest, as usual, because I've already said Liverpool is on the horizon. We can now officially say Eurovision is next month. Which has been a long time coming, hasn't it? Not since, well, I mean, April 2022, but you know what I mean. Anyway, it's brilliant to be with you this week, and I promised you at the start of this episode, two of the class of 2023. Well, who is joining us? Well, later on in today's episode, you are going to hear from Ash. He is the drummer in Voyager. Now, Voyager are, of course, representing Australia at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. They are also doing some of the pre-parties this year, which is really exciting. Nice to see Australia heading over here to do some of the pre-parties. I do ask about the jet lag, obviously, because you kind of have to every time you talk to somebody from Australia. Honestly, that is one of the funnest conversations I have ever had since we started doing this podcast. So, me and Ash from Voyager, representing Australia, on the podcast later on. We will also be joined by another of the class of 2023. We'll find out who very, very soon. And, of course, we have the leap to Liverpool. We debuted it last week here on the podcast as we aim to get to know this year's Eurovision host city that little bit better. Well, I'll be joined by AJ, huge Eurovision fan from Liverpool. I'm sure you know him from social media. He joins me to fill me in on everything that's been happening in the host city because, as we know, it's been a very exciting week already over in Liverpool at the MS Bank Arena. And as well as that, I'll also be catching up with one of the volunteers of Eurovision 2023. So you're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. So here we go then, another week with you here on the Eurotrip. Thank you for keeping me company. Really, really appreciate it. And we're going to get straight to it because last week I promised you a co-host. Well, I can't bring you a co-host, but I reckon I bring you something that little bit better because joining us at the very start of today's episode they are both very very busy but they promised to pop on this week and have a very very brief chat with me in between rehearsals and performances and everything that they're up to it's only Tvorchi from Ukraine it's Andri and Jeffrey from Tvorchi guys it's brilliant to have you here hey everybody Now let's get straight to it then. How are preparations going for Eurovision 2023? How busy are you both? I know you haven't got much time to join me on today's episode because, as I said, performances, rehearsals, so much going on. Like you said, busy, but uh, we're trying to get things done, scheduling uh, time to, you know, to make time for these uh, very important things, of course. So yeah, we're um, in the process of working on... um, the choreography, the outfits as well, um, the show, basically visuals as well. So, yeah, everything takes a bit of time. But, you know, um, we will definitely make time to, you know, get things, these things like on point before we have to move to Liverpool for any further re- rehearsals or anything of that sort. So, yeah. Honestly, it really will just be a couple of weeks and you'll be in Liverpool. Let's throw it back then before we chat a little bit more about Liverpool 2023. Let's go back to Vid Beer. Talk to me about your decision to participate and your decision to kind of try and represent Ukraine at this year's Eurovision. A very special Eurovision, of course, for Ukraine. So why did you take that decision that you wanted to take part? The decision to participate uh, in national selection came like from nowhere. We were on tour 
and then we just uh, apply it in the last day when the application ends mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and then we didn't wrote the song specifically for competition we didn't had any match of songs so we just pick up from our upcoming ap heart of steel and we were choosing between two songs broken heart and heart of steel so we stick with the heart of steel because it has the right message that we think we want to share to the world and to europe and uh, we start our preparation and then surprisingly we won the national selection and now we are mm, preparing for liverpool to represent our country at the maximum level possible well, as we know, Ukraine always bring it when it comes to the Eurovision Song Contest. The only country, I don't need to tell you guys this, the only country that have qualified for every single Eurovision Grand Final. Obviously, you don't have to do that this year, of course, as a result of, uh, of Kalusha's win last year. Talking of which, how important is it, once again, to be representing Ukraine at the Eurovision Song Contest this year? How important is Eurovision for the people of Ukraine? Does it still remain as important as ever this year or are things a little bit different to, to that participation last year uh things are slightly different of course because we are uh, an electronic electronic band and we make electronic music um fused together with different genres so i think this year it's all about uh, presenting something new something fresh and something uh not really uh, common in the eurovision scene and so we just want to uh, bring something new and in that way use that to, uh, you know, represent Ukraine as good as we can. Hopefully uh, people receive it as well as uh, past years. We're not, we're not confident about that, but we're going to do our best and uh, we're going to leave the rest. Hopefully that works out for us. Yeah, like Jeffrey said, is that um, we're already happy that we will show something different from Ukraine and... Another thing we don't want, you know, to be pitied around the world. We want uh, people to get inspired for us, to look at us, how we are united and uh, be a bit stronger. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. So this is the Eurotrip podcast. Thank you to the guys from Tavorchi for stopping by there. And also they'll pop by one more time a little bit later on in the podcast, because they're super busy. They couldn't join me for a full chat, but I thought I'd try and get what I could out of them as I could. So hopefully more from Tavorchi coming up a little bit later on, on this episode of the Euro trip. Now still to come, of course, Voyager as well. Ash, the drummer from Voyager, will be talking all things Australia at Eurovision 2023. We'll be chatting to a Eurovision volunteer and the leap to Liverpool on the way, including... A brand new Scouse word for us to learn. Of course, last week we learnt uh, boss and bevy. There's another one coming up this week and it's a good one. So stay tuned for another Scouse word to get yourself properly in the mood for Liverpool 2023. The latest news from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest on the way. And also, shockingly, there is actually some news. So we'll be crossing to me at the news desk very very shortly now last week on the podcast of course we talked about loads of stuff including saxophones at eurovision fear not we will revisit saxophones at eurovision a little bit later on but one of the other things we talked about was eurovision vinyl i can't quite remember how we got onto the subject but one of our listeners got in touch last week to say they had the official vinyl of eurovision 1990 which was incredible. Well, we put out a little video on social of me and James talking about that. I showed James the album cover. I suppose the, the artwork. I suppose it's not an album cover, it's a vinyl of that. 
So go and check that out at Eurotrip Podcast on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. But when we put that out, uh, Therese replied on Twitter, and this is incredible, and this is probably another rabbit hole that we're not going to be able to get ourselves out of. Uh, she replied and said, I don't have any vinyl, but I do have the 1985 all the way through to 1991 Eurovisions on cassette tape. Love that. So, Therese, thank you for getting in touch. Do you have a Eurovision cassette tape? You heard me right. Get in touch at your trip podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. You know what that means then? It is time for the very latest news from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. It is me and the Autocue operator, who of course you met for the first time last week, back with you on the podcast this week. Honestly, it's just me talking to myself in a room recording this podcast, so I feel like I'm going a little bit mad. So hopefully you're enjoying it. Please do let me know. Send me a message at your trip podcast, Twitter and Instagram, and I promise James is back with you next week, so I'll seem a little bit less deranged, although I can't promise that. Anyway, sorry, back to the latest news from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. And we actually have some news. Shall we kick off with the big story of the week, of course? The stage construction has finally started inside the MS Bank Arena in Liverpool. So the stage for Eurovision 2023 is being built. We can finally erase the memory of the rotating sun from Turin, hopefully. Hopefully there are no rotating sun-esque incidents this year i don't think there will be i think we'll be fine but yeah it's so exciting to know that as you're listening to this unless you're listening to this in the middle of the night the stage for eurovision 2023 is being built so that's kicked off and we'll talk about that on the leap to liverpool a little bit later on and also the other big story about eurovision 2023 uh, this press release dropped in my inbox just before recording this podcast so we're gonna have some massive screenings of eurovision the Eurovision Grand Final across the UK. This is so exciting. So a lot of these places that are showing these big viewing parties, effectively, were themselves in the running at one stage to host Eurovision 2023. Uh, So the cities that have confirmed so far to be hosting huge screening parties for Eurovision on the night of the Grand Final on the 13th of May, Birmingham, Brighton, Cardiff, Darlington, Leeds, Manchester, Newcastle, Nottingham and Sheffield More cities will be confirmed in the coming weeks. Note that there's no cities in Scotland or Northern Ireland there, so fingers crossed we'll get some of those cities confirming in the next few weeks. But do let us know as well. Are you going to be watching Eurovision at one of these massive screenings? Do let us know. And it seems a little bit weird to be saying this in the run-up to this year's Eurovision, but a junior Eurovision news as well. Of course, we found out that Nice in France will be hosting the 2023 Junior Eurovision Song Contest going to be on the 26th of November so not a Christmas themed Eurovision event this year a little bit earlier on in the year back in its traditional November slot so yeah junior Eurovision heading to Nice in France on the 26th of November don't get what you say yeah yeah don't get how you feel 
Now, they joined us earlier on. They are still here, but only for a little bit longer because I think you've both got to go and do a performance somewhere in Ukraine later on. So, Andri and Jeffrey from Tavorci. Hello, welcome back. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for answering all of my questions so far. Uh, next question, of course. A lot of people talking about the revamp of Heart of Steel. Heart of Steel, a bit different now to that which we saw performed in Vidbeer. Why did you feel it was so important that you wanted to to change the song up a little bit and, and give it a bit of a revamp before it heads to Liverpool? Yeah, well, obviously, we decided to add a Ukrainian uh, part and... Uh... Uh, we decided to uh, add as well a new, I would say, chorus of some sort uh, with, the, um, with the strings. So, yeah, everything just um, kind of strengthens the whole emotion in the song, brings everything m- much uh, closer together. And uh, it just kind of portrays the emotion uh, a bit more uh, stronger. And I think that was the whole point. The Ukrainian part... Uh, it like reflects uh, obviously us as a band coming from Ukraine, and it also uh, puts out something that the Ukrainians relate to, and uh, something uh, people outside in Europe and the other parts of the world of world can use to identify our band as well. So it was just kind of a quick, quick, you know, but it, it's uh, it really makes sense and really pulls everything together, in my opinion. Yeah, because we, uh, since we won national selection, we were working non-stop on the song we tried a lot of different variants and we start with this one because uh, like jeffrey said that strings um complete the song better because it's more dramatic and it's representing the the fight uh and it's not ending it gives some a bit of anxiety notes but it's just going on and it's like the moment when you you have tough times and it's hard, but you don't give it up. You go now. You go forward. You don't give up. And also the Ukrainian lyrics. Uh, there is a line which says, "Sweet um, palaya This even means that that even when the world is on flames, don't stop. Do and everything will be okay. It really is such an important message, and I, for one, am a huge fan of the revamp, especially those dramatic strings at the end. So really, really well done on uh, on that, and can't wait to see it on stage in Liverpool. Of course, though, you have already performed the revamped version at some of the Eurovision pre-parties. Can we talk about the Eurovision pre-party in Barcelona that took place a couple of weeks ago? Because I think you got to meet Ukrainian Eurovision legend Ruslana, of course, the winner of Ukraine's first ever Eurovision back in 2004. What was that like? Yes, absolutely. We uh, had time to, you know, conversate and just, you know, share. Uh, Basically, she gave us... uh, you know, very nice uh, pieces of advice, and we will take that closely as we move forward towards the finals. Uh, but you know, it's such a inspiring moment to see someone who uh, has been a pioneer, basically, for winning the competition for the country. You know, the first one of the first people, you know, to do that. And it's just amazing to see how she's uh, grown throughout the years and just grown to be such a I don't know, such a like great person in and out. And we just appreciate her words of advice. And uh, yeah, we will take that very closely as we move on. Yes, we very appreciate uh, Ruslana's words. And you know, I would share a bit of my story. Like first time when I met Eurovision, I was a kid and it was 2004. And I saw performances of Ruslana, Wild Dances. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I was very shocked. And that's basically was uh, some 
special moment for me meeting this person in real life and talk to her i i just i was impressed such a good story love that honestly it always comes back to ruslana and wild dances doesn't it when it comes to ukraine and eurovision it's where it all started ukraine's incredible history with eurovision of course debuted the previous year and then winning in your second year it's such an incredible story finally then i can't not ask you about the staging you're not going to tell me anything but what can you tell me if anything about what people can expect to see on that stage Actually, we don't know yet because we had only one rehearsal of staging. We can't say that because we want to impress on the stage. And if we're going to say everything, so there will be no impressions. So just just wait and uh, we hope you like it. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get anything from you. Jeffrey, Andre, I know you've got to go. Thank you so much for stopping by while I was recording the podcast to have a chat. Really, really appreciate it. And good luck in Liverpool. Thank, thank you, you so much. We'll be happy to see you in Liverpool and thank you for this conversation. You're listening to The Eurotrip, your favorite Eurovision podcast. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. Well, there we go then. Thank you to the boys from Ukraine for joining me on this episode of The Eurotrip. Really appreciate it. Just one of the class of 2023 that will be joining us on today's episode. Of course, Ash from Voyager from Australia coming up later on. But yeah, I wanted to bring you them on the podcast if we could. They were super busy, but they said, yeah, we can probably just about hop on a call if you want us. And I was like, yes, yes, we do. So thank you to both of them for, for finding time. So much to fit in to the rest of today's podcast. We have still got a bit of sax chat, sax chat, that is, coming up on the podcast in just a little while. But I want to talk about some of the Eurovision volunteers. Now, of course, huge scale events like the Eurovision Song Contest do not happen without a brilliant band of volunteers who all help to put the event together and make sure that everything runs smoothly once things have kicked off on the ground. Well, Eurovision 2023 is no different. I saw on social media over the weekend that there was a huge training event in Liverpool on Saturday where the volunteers were getting together to learn more about their roles, find out what they'd be up to and to learn more about the event that's uh, coming up in not many weeks time. I'm not going to say how many weeks time because I feel like that's James's job so hopefully he can uh, give us a bit of a countdown again next week. But one of the volunteers that I saw chatting on social media about it was Sho Chan. Now she is a huge Eurovision fan and is kindly giving up her time to help Eurovision 2023 run smoothly so i popped into her dms over the weekend i said do you fancy coming on for a chat and she said yes i do so here's what happened when we caught up well shall welcome to the euro trip thank you for having me it is brilliant to have you on the podcast now we are going to find out all about your very exciting role as a volunteer at eurovision 2023 a little bit later on but first, let's kick off. Let's get, as I like to call them, your Eurovision credentials out of the way first. How long have you been a lover of all things Eurovision? And how did you get into it in the first place? Since 1981, when Butts won. So I've been a fan ever since the, that contest. And you got to see the UK win. Your first Eurovision memory. I mean, it's pretty good going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Have you managed to get to, to actual Eurovision in person between then and now? Yes, I've been to Stockholm 2016 and Lisbon 2018, which were both amazing shows. Uh, Fortune Tab tickets as well at the time. So, Shao, of course, you've been to Eurovision a couple of times before. You've mentioned there Eurovision in the UK this year. 
when you're in Liverpool, you're going to have a very exciting job to do as well because you're one of the team yeah. of Eurovision volunteers. So do you mind telling mm-hmm. us a little bit more about, about what made you want to volunteer at Eurovision? Well, the reason I wanted to apply to be a volunteer at Eurovision this year is I wanted to be part of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity of the contest being held in the UK. I love to volunteer in my spare time. I have a lot of experience in having volunteered in previous music and sporting events like the London Olympics, for example. Well, you're talking to a fellow London 2012 volunteer, as so many of us were. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, yeah. you guys. I was, I was doing the football and also the rowing, okay. uh, which was very, All very right, fun. All right, cool. cool. What, what, cool. what were you up to at the Olympics? Uh, I was at the Excel Centre. Judo, uh, table tennis, fencing, boxing, and weightlifting. Bit of everything. But well, very well, di- yeah, a bit of everything, yeah. Bit of everything, but, but, mainly, but very different to Eurovision. Uh, absolutely. But that was an amazing experience in itself. Amazing. Well, here we are then, 2023, volunteering Mm -hmm. at Eurovision. So Mm -hmm. what can you tell us about what your actual role is? What will you be doing? Okay, the role that I've been offered is the Eurovision Village Volunteer, where I'll be based at Pierhead and Man Island area, and it's not too far from the arena. All I know that the duties being a Eurovision volunteer will involve welcoming all spectators into the village and also welcoming artists and uh, be involved in backstage area at Pierhead. I know before we started having this conversation, you were telling me um, that there might be some artist liaison involved, which sounds, yeah. sounds like it could be exciting. Yeah, that's like the backstage area of the Pearhead. So, yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, so, you, you know, obviously we don't know who's going to be performing at the Eurovision Village, but could be mm, some exciting exactly. people. Yeah, who knows? And the atmosphere down there mm. will be incredible. You must be really looking yeah, forward to the atmosphere. Yeah, I am really looking forward to it. It'll just be really exciting to be part of it. Absolutely. Now, the reason that I thought we'd get you on this week's podcast is because mm-hmm. I know the weekend just gone on mm-hmm. Saturday, you met up with all of the other Eurovision volunteers for a bit of a training uh-huh. day, didn't you? So what That's was it right. like? Yeah, it was really, really informative. Um, so much to learn, though. Um, it was a four hour training session. So I've met so many um, sort of people who were involved with the contest. And also I met the, um, the management and the team leaders. And I also met with lots of local volunteers as, uh, who are from Liverpool and I just learned so much from them about the city in general, Liverpool. What, so what's next? And the question that I really want to ask is, do you get uh, an exciting uniform to wear during I all do, of this? yes. We do, yes. But um, we haven't got it yet. Uh, we, we need to collect it before our first shift. And I don't even know what, what it looks like or what colour it is. But I bet we've told it's a very bright colour, apparently. That was going to be my next question. What does it look like? I mean, we've seen the colours of Eurovision this year, so it could be yellow, could be purple. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it could be yellow or it could be blue. Or would you call it purple in your case? Honestly, my my, uh, my fiancé always says I'm colourblind. So, I mean, whatever colour it yeah. is, I'll probably say it's a different colour anyway. Shell, thank you so much for chatting to us. And it's been so interesting to find out more about what it's like being a volunteer at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. And also, all the best of luck. And hopefully... Who knows? Maybe I'll bump into you in the Eurovision Village as well. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hiya, babes. It's me, Danny Beard, winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK and Grinder Heartthrob. And I'm DJ Billy Andrew, queen of the clubland and personal bodyguard to Danny Beard. And together, we host the Gossip Gaze podcast. We dish all the goss on the LGBTQ plus community, discuss the latest social sensations and gobble the finest treats in Snack of the Week. You can find us on all your podcast providers. Plus, make sure you follow us on all socials for our highlights at Gossip Gaze Pod. Episodes are released every week. See, See you there. there. Gossip Gaze. You're listening to the Eurotrip. We are, of course, on social media. You know that already. Get in touch with anything that you've heard today at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email, hello at eurotrippodcast.com if you really want to. And we're also on TikTok. So go check us out over there. Hello, by the way. It's Rob with you. No James this week, but fear not, he will return next week. And we've already heard, of course, from Dvorci, the boys from Ukraine, Jeffrey and Andre on this podcast. Thank you so much once again to the guys for joining us. Now though, it is time for Sax Chat. I'm gonna call it Sax Chat because we've already mentioned last week on the podcast we talked about loads of stuff. We talked about vinyl, Eurovision vinyl. We heard earlier on how Therese has got a cassette tape of Eurovision all the way from uh, 1985. I think she got 1985 all the way to 1991 on cassette tape, which is amazing. Love it. If you have a Eurovision cassette at home, please do let us know. We talked about that, but there was also a lot of sax chat. Now, this is because James was talking to the guys from the Busker, of course, representing Malta at Eurovision this year on last week's podcast. And a huge part of their song is, of course, the sax. So it got us thinking, and you may remember we posed this question at the end of last week's episode. What other Eurovision songs feature a saxophone? Is it just Sunstroke Project? Well, naturally, uh, me and James are idiots. And of course, it's not just Sunstroke Project, is it? So loads of you have been in touch with your favourite Eurovision sax moments. I should say, actually, importantly, you didn't say these were your favourite moments. You just said that these were performances that we'd definitely forgotten. So a huge thank you to Neil. Uh, Neil got in touch and said, uh, not an answer many would go for, but a correct answer all the same. Uh, he said Austria, 1995. So uh, go and check that out. We also had Josh, who said Moldova 2017 and 2010. Josh, we've got that. We've got that. Uh, Rene said saxophonist on stage uh, for Cyprus in 1981. Love that. And also Colin said Iceland 1993. I mean, it seems like the saxophone was a big part of Eurovision back in the day. And I'd like it to come back and be more prevalent at the contest. I really, really would. However, the worst songs that came up time and time again. Now, this one was suggested by Lola. Loads of other people across social media and on the email as well. How can we forget? Cities Ernie, eat your salad. 
from last year. Let's have a listen to that. Yeah, it's iconic. How could we forget? So City's Annie last year, of course, another bit of sacks at Eurovision. And then, it gets more ridiculous, how could we forget a Eurovision winner? Let's go back to 1980. The start of Ireland's entry from Johnny Logan. What's another year? Ridiculous that we forgot that. However, we finish with a song that I promise you neither me nor James would ever have mentioned, and that is uh, Greece from 1991. Now, this is Sophia Vossu and her song Anixi. It's an incredible song. I really like it. I've now listened to the full thing. I'd never heard it before. It's a really, really good song. However, the song is, I think, polite to say, derailed about halfway through with a a sax solo from the orchestra. The sax even gets its own close-up moment on the TV camera, so go back and check out this performance, Greece 1991. The saxophone isn't... I mean, can you tune a saxophone? If you can. This one isn't, as you'll hear. If you want to hear a saxophone played out of tune at the Eurovision Song Contest, this is your time. Incredible. Incredible scenes. So thank you everyone for joining me for what can only assume will be the first and last edition of Sax Chat here on the Eurotrip. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And on we go then. Honestly, I feel like I'm cramming so much into this podcast for you. I felt bad because James wasn't here. So I was like, oh, well, let's try and do loads of stuff on the podcast. And now I just feel a little bit frantic. So hopefully it's a more pleasurable listening experience for you, whatever you're up to, of course, as we head closer to Liverpool and Eurovision 2023. And talking of Liverpool 2023, it's time for this. That's right. It is week number two of our Leap to Liverpool. Now, we do this every week on the podcast, and will be, rather, doing this every week on the podcast between now and the Eurovision Song Contest in May. We're going to find out more about this year's Eurovision host city. We did it last year on the Trek to Turin. We did it the year before on the Rotterdam Road Trip. Well, here we go. It's time for episode two of the Leap to Liverpool. And joining us is 8J. He's a big Eurovision fan from Liverpool. I'm sure you know him from social media. But all round, just nice bloke. So I sent him a message earlier on this week. And I said, AJ, it's your time. You've got the big call up. The leap to Liverpool needs you. So he joined me for a bit of a conversation. I think we spoke on Monday this week. So earlier on, on the day that stage had started construction. So we do talk about that as well. But I get more hints and tips about what we can get up to in Liverpool, some more areas of the city and slightly further afield that it's worth exploring, and also a scouse word that'll be useful for us to know when it comes to Eurovision 
this year. So here it is then. Here is this week's Leap to Liverpool. So I thought I'd start by asking AJ how his fine city was this week as we enter early April. Oh, Liverpool is amazing. I mean, the sun's out. The vibes are amazing. And um, yeah, I think Eurovision, I think Eurovision fever has been in Liverpool ever since it was announced that we we're going to host it. But I feel like in the in the past few weeks, it's you know really started to ramp up, and um, yeah, it's 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 a good time to be in Liverpool. Yeah, well, when we spoke to to Christopher last week from the Liverpool Echo, their Eurovision reporter there, he was saying that as you just mentioned, things are starting to ramp up now. But of course, this week is a very exciting week because. The stage is starting to be built inside the MS Bank Arena. It's a real moment for all Eurovision fans. And I saw you on your own Twitter. You posted, I think you went for a little walk down there. Was it on Sunday? So the day before the uh the day before the build. Yeah, yeah. Um I, I um managed to um uh, make myself do a run yesterday while the sun was out. And yeah, because I live on the docks, so I went like along the river and I always like that route because I uh, passed the MS Bank Arena. Every time I look at it, I have a moment like oh my god your vision's going to be in here so um yeah every time every time i have an opportunity i try and get past it and yeah it was good to see i think there was i think it was comic-con was on there yesterday which i assume would have been the last kind of non-eurovision related event before the stage is obviously being built today um but yeah it's just uh you know crazy to think that's started already and uh it'll be really exciting to see the stage come together should say for everyone listening, of course, me and you catching up on on Monday. Love that Comic Con was the the last event in the in the arena before Eurovision. There's, there's just something nice about that. I like that very yeah, much. Yeah, it was it was nice. Yeah, and I saw like all the people outside, like in the various costumes and stuff. It was a it was a nice atmosphere, and I noticed as well that they kind of transformed the area around, um, obviously for the attendees, and they had like you know like little stands and uh, food place and stuff like that, and it, it felt like a little glimpse to see. Uh, a little glimpse into you know what we're going to see for Eurovision and, and uh, the village and stuff like that. So uh, I thought that was nice. AJ, let's have a moment to talk about you, of course, because as a huge Eurovision fan living in Liverpool, being from Liverpool, is this beyond your wildest dreams, what is happening this year? It really is. I mean, for the past few years as a fan, I've kind of thought on the off chance, oh, you know, if the UK ever hosted Eurovision, Liverpool would be a great candidate. But I never actually properly considered that to be something that, you know, would happen in reality because obviously, first and foremost, to um, host Eurovision, the UK would most likely need to win it. And um, as we saw over the past 20 odd years, that seemed like a, a complete, like something completely impossible that would never happen. Um, and then... Obviously, last year we came second, which was an amazing thing. And then it, uh, the the circumstances were such that we're in a position to host. And when it was announced that the UK were actually hosting, I mean, that in itself was unbelievable. Uh, but then I thought, oh, you know, it's it, it will go to London, it will go to Manchester, it will go to Glasgow. And a lot of people thought the same. And I was very happy that Liverpool was putting in a bit, um, but I never actually thought it would come to anything. I thought, oh, you know, it would be a nice way to kind of raise the profile, but... It will go to you know one of the, one of the big hisser cities. Um, then obviously Liverpool made the final seven. Was like, oh, that's a, that's a nice touch. You know, I'm, I'm sure that will mean a lot to the people behind the bid. And then when the final two were announced as Liverpool and Glasgow, that was a real shock for me because I think a lot of people thought it would be Glasgow and Manchester. So for Liverpool to make the final two, I think was you know I remember thinking, oh my god, wait, this could actually happen. This could actually come to Liverpool. 
Um, but again, I never quite let myself believe it would come to Liverpool because, you know, Glasgow is such a great city. It has a lot going for it. The facilities are great and it would be a great Eurovision host city. So I was thinking, hmm, it'll probably go to Glasgow. And then I kind of thought that right up until I was watching the one show um, and Graham Norton read out the card and said Liverpool were hosting. And I think I literally just stared at my screen in complete shock for a good few minutes. And then I... Yeah, it was just a, an amazing moment. And then I think it hit me and I got a bit emotional. Um, but yeah, kind of the fact that it's actually come to Liverpool is something that I still can't believe. And it's something that I'm very proud of as well because Liverpool really deserved to host Eurovision, I think, following their bid. I think the bid that they put in, um, the reasoning behind it, the fact that they're putting it on behalf of Ukraine, the story that, the to- that they told as part of their bid, I think it's something that uh, the city really deserved in the end and uh you know as someone um in the city I'm, I'm just so grateful that it's actually coming here and as a result of eurovision heading to liverpool you being from liverpool you've been able to enjoy some of the brilliant moments in the run-up to the contest as well i know you were at the you were at the semi-final allocation draw as well i was yeah um that was uh such an amazing opportunity i think that's probably the highlight of my year already um but yeah um obviously the semi-final allocation draw and handover ceremony um happened back in january um it's usually quite an exclusive event mainly just for you know people working at the um host broadcaster and uh people involved in your vision and you know people involved in the uh, host city organization stuff like that but um, we're quite lucky that this year a, f- a few fans that were local to the area um, were invited, myself included. And um, yeah, it was such an amazing event. Um, it was in St. George's Hall, which is such a beautiful venue. It's some, it's a place that I walk past pretty much daily because it's right in the city centre, right by uh, Liverpool Lime Street Station. But I've never actually been inside it. And to see the insides where it's so intricate and so historic and beautiful, that was amazing in itself. Then it was plastered with the um Eurovision branding the you know bright blue yellow and pink branding and that was the first time I actually seen that so that kind of hit me all at once I was like wow this is real this is actually coming together um and then yeah I saw so many you know cool and interesting people that evening uh I managed to catch up with Lee Smithhurst who's the head of the show for Eurovision this year had a really nice chat with him um, I actually got to speak to Martin Osterdal as well, which I still can't <laughs> believe. Um, I think, yeah, I, I basically just, I, it was, I, I think I just like it wasn't so much conversation. I basically just like um, ha- had a bit of a verbal dump on him, like just kind of, <laughs> uh, th- you know, said that, oh, thank you so much for li- uh, your for being in Liverpool, blah 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 blah. And he was just like, yeah, thanks, no worries. Um, he was a bit kind of nonchalant, <laughs> but I think that's just his way. But um, oh, it was you know such an amazing night, and um, yeah, I'm so grateful to have been invited. AJ, I'm going to ask you for your kind of special insight into the city in a second, because, of course, you are best placed to do this. Should say as well, though, of course, you've been posting loads of brilliant behind the scenes stuff over on the Phoenix. Now, tell us about the Phoenix, which is a brilliant Eurovision website that you're part of, of course, isn't it? So that's where people can head and and find out some of this great behind the scenes stuff as well. Uh, Yeah, so I'm part of the Phoenix ESC. It's a fairly new Eurovision fan site that's uh, run by some some of us on Eurovision Twitter and we're all kind of friends and we all really get on and you know speak with each other a lot about Eurovision so it's a really nice group we have that that are behind Phoenix and in terms of the kind of content we do so we have a website that we 
have articles on. So um, you'll have your kind of standard Eurovision news and stuff like that. But we also go quite in-depth into some of Eurovision topics. As well as that, we uh, do quite a few spaces that we really enjoy. So on Twitter, we'll have spaces every so often where we have kind of conversations about Eurovision and the most recent entries and how we, how they think how we think they're going to do and stuff like that. Um, and they're recorded as well, so that you'll be able to find them um, in our previous tweets. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of some of the things we, we're doing at the moment. But as I said, we're still kind of a fairly new site, and um, hopefully, we'll have a lot more different types of content uh, coming in the future. Yeah, no, those Twitter spaces I know especially are such a fun place to go and hang out and just chat about all things Eurovision. Back to Liverpool. Let's get your recommendations then, because last week we heard all about the Eurovision Village. I think we mentioned a little bit about venues like Camp and Furnace, where we've got the Euro Club. But what about some of the other places that people can go and hang out during the week? Have you got anywhere that you can kind of bring us as a bit of a leap to Liverpool exclusive? The good thing about um, Liverpool this year is that it will really be transformed for Eurovision. So I think wherever you go, you know, there'll be something... Uh, that you can do to do with your vision and something that's um that that you can enjoy kind of the area around bold street has some really good um independent um bars and restaurants and uh, has some really uh, great things that you can enjoy as as someone who's actually from the rural i'd actually, I kind of implore people to if they can to explore um you know merseyside a bit wider it might prove useful if particularly if you're looking for restaurants and stuff like that which might be quite booked up in the city center but you know, there are places, you know, in kind of Sefton, the rural St. Helens, um, that only train a short train journey away that might be worth exploring. And finally, on the leap to Liverpool, we have to ask for a Scouse word that any Eurovision fans heading to Liverpool could maybe use in conversation, maybe to get themselves ingratiated with the locals. So last week we got Bevy and Boss. This week, what have you got? Uh, so... And the word I'm going to choose is chocker. Um, so chocker means busy, like very busy. And I was thinking this because um, when I went through the city centre the other day, it, you know, it was quite busy. I mean, it's the Easter holidays; it's bound to be. For, so I thought, oh, this is going to be. I thought, I thought to myself, oh, you know, town's quite chocker. But then I thought, oh wow, in a few weeks it's going to be absolutely chocker. Like it is going to be another level of chocker because so many people are coming to Liverpool. Like I don't think we'll. You know, we'll have ever seen anything like this, the amount of people that are coming over here. So, um, so yeah, it's very exciting, but but it will definitely be Chocker. Chocker, I like a lot. I like that a lot. So the Euro Club, that'll be Chocker. The Eurovision Village, that'll be Chocker. I mean, everywhere, like you said, it'll probably be Chocker. It will be Chocker, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what happens when um, the Eurovision's in the UK and so many people want to go. AJ, thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. And I really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. So there you go then. Chocker. Good one. So we've got Chocker, we've got Bevy, and we've got Boss. I'm liking this Leap to Liverpool thing already. Really good Scouse words. And the Leap to Liverpool will return next week when we'll find out even more about this year's Eurovision host city. But before I say goodbye, we get to today's big interview. Do you remember the big interview? We used to call them big interview on the podcast back in the day. And apparently I'm bringing that back. It's time to hear from another of the class of 2023. And today on the podcast, we are heading to Australia. As I say at the start of this interview, I always get very excited whenever we talk to anyone from Australia as if, you know, we haven't had the technology to do so for the last countless decades. But anyway, still find it all very exciting. Voyager 
are, of course, the band representing Australia this year at the Eurovision Song Contest. They attempted to do so last year, you might remember. They were part of Australia Decides 2022 on the Gold Coast. But now they return, internally selected by the Australian broadcaster SBS, with their song Promise. And I promise, no pun intended, this is one of the funnest chats I've ever had with anybody, including James, on this podcast. I spoke to Ash, who is the drummer of the band. He is a lovely man. It was brilliant to find out more about what they're planning to do on the stage, what it was like that moment that they discovered that they would be representing Australia this year. We have a chat about him catching up with Brooke from Ireland, of course, who's out in Australia at the moment on her promo tour. So we have a bit of a chat about that as well. But here's how we started the interview. And I promise, sit back, relax, whatever you're doing for the next 15 minutes, make sure you're listening intently to this, because Ash comes across as one of the nicest men at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. So I hope you enjoy it. So Ash from Voyager, welcome to the Eurotrip. Hello, thank you for having me. How is Australia? I feel like I get very excited whenever I have the opportunity to talk to anybody in Australia, (laughs) as if it's still like, I don't know, like hundreds of years ago and technology hasn't progressed. I still find the whole thing very exciting. So how is Australia? Where are you talking to me from? Oh, look, you're not far off. I'm in Perth. We got electricity for the first time about five years ago. Um, We're still working on the running water, but that's very exciting. We've got that coming up in our future. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm I'm in Perth, uh, the most isolated capital city in the world. It's closer for us to get to Indonesia than it is to get to the other half of the country. So, uh, yeah, we've got a lovely little corner of the world down where we are. It's sunny. It's lovely weather. Great beaches. Yeah, couldn't be happier. Which does make life as a touring band particularly tricky I imagine although you must have developed some incredible skills for kind of passing the time on I was going to say very long bus journeys not even bus journeys definitely flights right (laughs) yeah yeah even when we tour Australia it's all flights Um, (laughs) you can try the bus but you've got two or three days of desert before you get to the other city you need to get to Um, no I, I was thinking about this the other day every time I get on a plane now I instinctively fall asleep before the safety briefing so I think you're, I've just like conditioned one of those. myself. <laughs> yeah. I've always been jealous of people like you, Ash. Always been jealous of people like you. Now, of course, you are heading over to Europe, not just for Eurovision. You're heading over for pre-party season very, very shortly. But, Ash, I know you've had a, a Eurovision visitor to Australia very recently because uh, you've been catching up with Brooke from Ireland, I know, because she's out in Australia touring at the moment. That's right. Yeah, there was uh, the official um, Eurovision Australian fan club sort of party on Sunday, this Sunday just been and myself and Danny were in attendance. And yeah, we got to uh, watch Brooke perform her first show of her Australian tour. Um, Got to catch up with her afterwards as well. Um, I don't think she knew who we were for the first uh, couple of minutes we were talking. So uh, when we asked her for some Eurovision tips, I feel like it kind of came out of the blue. And then she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) But no, no, she did an awesome performance. It was was really cool to see. Um, She really knows how to work a stage. And yeah, it was awesome to talk to her and just get a little bit of a lowdown as to how it's all about to go for us. What was the uh, what was the lowdown? Can you uh, can you reveal to us and the listeners what the lowdown was, or is that kind of like some special Eurovision artist pact now that must never be revealed? Do you know when when I see other people like watching us talking, it kind of starts to feel a bit like a secret. So it's almost like yeah, let's create this bit of mystery. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean the same thing. Everyone says make sure you have a lot of fun, which is going to be impossible not to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was really cool. Actually, she's like, are you doing some pre-parties? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, good. They will be a lot of fun and very helpful. 
so it's nice i feel like we're gonna do the right thing and kind of ease into the the madness that is going to be our lives for the next six weeks ash tell us a bit more about you and about the band and how you came to be part of voyager who are of course representing australia at eurovision this year I've, i've got an interesting one with voyager um you know, Perth is a, a fairly small music scene, so we all knew each other well before um, I was part of Voyager. My bands used to play with their bands on bills, and uh, for um, their third and fourth album, I was just their graphic designer. I was the person who was putting their album artwork together and creating their CDs and their T-shirts and things like that. Um, and uh, in about 2011, uh, their drummer, Mark, uh, another Dutch drummer, um, he was having a baby. So he was not able to join them on a trip to New York and Atlanta in the US. Um, And Simone floated my name as a replacement drummer. Um, I got a call from Danny saying, can you play to a click track? And I went, yeah, that's fine, I can do that. And that was that. So my first ever shows with Voyager were international shows and my first ever international shows as well, which is very fitting given the name of the band. Well, definitely. What an amazing um, trip as well. I mean, when, yeah. you fa- when you found out where you'd be going first off, you were like, yeah, no, I'll try. I'll try and make that work. We can definitely do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I could do that. I'll have to ask work if that's OK. Please tell me as well that they let you off the graphic design work at that point. You weren't having to kind of moonlight as the drummer and the graphic designer at the same time. <laughs> Welcome to the last 12 years of my band life. <laughs> If anything, it's gotten more intense. <laughs> Please tell me you're not was... still doing Are you still doing it, the graphic design? Oh, 100%. Yeah, Incredible. absolutely. Incredible. You've got to make use of all the talents within your band. You've got to earn your keep, right? That's what you've got to do. Yeah, it's not through the drumming. It's all the <laughs> peripherals you can bring to it. But it's really good, that show. Like I, I um, the, the show we played in, in Brooklyn, in New York, actually, um, we sold out. Our first ever time in the US, my first ever international show, and we sold out. You don't have to tell anyone the capacity was 40 people. We sold out. <laughs> the headline still says, sell out. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you know full well, as the graphic designer, you can stick that sell out banner across and done. Oh, and we did. <laughs> Ash, talk to us about the band, of course. You said that you, you know, of course, you were working with Danny and everybody else in the band back in 2011. Mm. You joined the band as the drummer in 2011. But Voyager... Just after. Just after 2011. But Voyager's history, kind of Voyager goes goes back a long way. Like Voyager, Voyager as a band are a name that, that Australian fans know and have known for, for over two decades now, right? That's right. Yeah, we've the band's been plugging away for quite some time, and it's it's gone through a, a lot of transformations. And yeah, we've explored a lot of various aspects of our metal genre. And now you are where you are now, competing at the Eurovision Song Contest. I was going to say, who would have thought it? But I guess kind of you guys, because your relationship with Eurovision, your relationship with Australia decides, does go back a bit. Because I think 2020, you didn't quite make the shortlist, and then 2022. Uh, you guys were, were there on stage on the Gold Coast trying to represent Australia last year, and now here you are. So Eurovision has been on your radar as a band for, for a little while now. Yeah, well, uh, it's it's been on my radar for about as long as I've been playing music, and I think Danny would say the same thing. We're, you know, Eurovision tragics ourselves. We're always watching the contest, and it's always been kind of that, you know, that little pipe dream we had. Like, you know, yeah, we always thought about it, and people always used to tell us on the road, you know, you guys would be great for Eurovision. We're like... Yeah, I reckon we would be. I reckon it would be a really good fit. Uh, so as soon as that, you know, well, actually, it was in 2014, I think, when Jessica Malboy was invited as kind of like the halftime show. Like when that happened, it's like, hang on, there's a pathway here. 
Yeah, so when did the discussion start, I suppose, then for this year? Because as we've already mentioned, you and Australia Decides have, have been a thing previously. But of course, no Australia Decides this year. You guys have just been selected. SBS have got the confidence in you to just go, you know what, let's just send the guys from Voyager. Let's just send Voyager. So when did the discussions for 2023 really kick off? Oh, look, we've been we've been thinking about it for a little while now. Um, it's it's really cool that SBS has kind of decided to you know send a band this time and and you know take a chance with us. And I, I think they've put their eggs in a great basket. I reckon. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think it's a really cool thing. You know, Australia has an awesome history of of bands. You know, it's it's one of our great cultural exports. I mean, I think the second biggest selling band in the world is ACDC. Um, so I feel like you know it, it makes sense for a band to go and, and try it in this competition. We've done, you know, we've done solo singers, solo songwriters, that sort of thing. And, and we've had some great results with that, but you know, there's, there's a lot to Australian music. So it's really awesome you know, that we, we sit in that place now where, you know, we can get sent along and, and try and fly that part of the flag for the country. But yeah, as you know, as I'm sure you well know, it's, it's a massive campaign. So you need a bit of time to start putting stuff together and, and you need a lot of time to let it sink in. I don't think I've had enough time for that yet. So I don't think I don't think there'll ever be enough time. Having, <laughs> I, having spoken to so many people that have kind of done Eurovision in the past, I don't think it ever really sinks in. However, once you are part of the Eurovision family, you're part of it forever, which must be something mm. you are looking forward to, regardless of what happens in Liverpool. You will always be a, a Eurovision representative. Oh uh, yeah, I'm. I can't wait. Um, you know, when we did Australia Decides uh, last year, you know, didn't really know what to expect going into it, um, and, and you kind of. You know, there's maybe this sort of cliche feeling. It's like, oh, there's like pop artists here and there's like a solo artist there or whatever. And, oh, we're not going to be able to talk to each other. But it's, it's not like that at all. You know, like everyone was awesome and everyone's, you know, just in love with music and in love with, you know, particularly for something like Eurovision, crafting the perfect song. I've already started talking to some of the contestants this year of Instagram and stuff as well at the, at the big song contest. And, yeah, I, I'm so stoked. It's going to be an amazing time. I, I think I'm going to meet a lot of really cool people and people I'm going to be talking to for a long time. you got to tell us then, who who have you been sliding into their DMs? Who have you been chatting to? Uh, the blokes from Lords, Lord of the Lost. Of course, in touch. of course, the They're guys very, from Germany. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And yes, yes, and we've been talking to them as well. Of course, we've been talking to Andrew Lambrew as well, because how could you not? <laughs> yeah, little did you know, just over 12 months ago, that you guys would be reuniting in Liverpool, both at the Eurovision Song Contest. In- incredible stuff. I'm ready for a collab with him. <laughs> Heard it here first. Very excited for that. Sticking with 2023 then, talk to us about the moment that you and the rest of the band were told that this was happening, that that you were heading to Liverpool. You've got the SBS seal of approval and this is actually going to happen. Yeah, SBS pulled the old bait and switch on us a little bit there. It was... Um... Kind of just like, oh, here's a, you know, we're just, we're just calling for a little chat just to see how things are going, you know, just give you an update as to where we're at, that sort of thing. And we were not all together. We were in different locations. I was actually rehearsing with another band at the time yeah. <laughs> because like like a lot of places, you know, there's there's maybe four or five drummers in the entire city. So everyone's in about 16 different bands. Yeah. So we were all sitting there on the Zoom call and they're, you know, we're sort of throwing around some ideas of like, oh, you know, this, this song sounds great. Like, if you know, if we were going to take it to the stage, how do you see it being staged? You know, just keen to hear your ideas, that sort of thing. So we're going, oh, you know, I, I think the song could, you know, have some, you know, drop off in that point. And we could have an explosion of lying there, you know, just initial ideas because you know, we hadn't necessarily hugely thought that far ahead 
And uh, after they'd heard a few of her ideas, it's like, oh, well, it's a good thing you've got some ideas because you guys are actually going. That was a that's a properly like yeah TV kind of talent show moment where they're like, well, I hope you'll enjoy this performance because yeah. you're doing it again next week. It was one of those moments. It, it was exactly like that. And everyone thinks they're wise to that sort of thing. You know, you sit and watch TV and go, how could they not know? Uh, well, at that <laughs> stage as well, presumably you think you know SBS might be chatting to some other people as well at the same time. So to to get that seal of approval, and then what happens next? Then what happens after that moment? Is the do you at least allow yourselves? You mentioned that you guys were all in different parts of. You know, you, you weren't all in the same place. So did you at least allow yourself a bit of a celebration at some point? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So um, we uh, we got uh, got together either the next day or the day after. Um, we all got together at Denny's house um, just to, to celebrate, try and let it sink in, which it didn't. Um, and then I think we binge watched Eurovision YouTube for about five hours as well. <laughs> we've all been there, See what Ash. we're in for, yeah. Ash, yeah. we've all been great. there. <laughs> One video leads to about, like you said, five hours later. Andrew. Still watching it. Hundred percent. One one really cool video was going through like every winner. And just imagining you at the end of that video, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, obviously. Got to go for gold. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, talk to us about your plans for Eurovision. Then you mentioned the uh, the chat, that initial chat with SBS. You were talking about what you could do to stage the song hypothetically if you might go to Eurovision. <laughs> now you are going to Eurovision. Now this is actually happening, and also you've seen the stage or renders of what the stage will be like in Liverpool. First mm. off, the idea of, of performing and doing your stuff on that stage in that arena. I mean, as a musician, that must almost keep you up at night, not terif- not because you're worried about it, just because you're so excited to actually perform there. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm not terrified in the slightest. I'm impatient and hungry for the stage. <laughs> I just can't wait to get up there and work it. And it, it's... It's uh, I was gonna say it's the little things, but it's not really like I've never played on an LED floor before. <laughs> you know, little, little massive things like that are gonna be incredible. So we have all these things at our disposal that you know we can use to enhance what it is we already do. The, the way we're kind of viewing a lot of this is um, it's it's what we do. You know, we we work the stage all the time. We have been for twenty years, uh, but we're gonna dial it up. You know, like five thousand percent. You know, we have all of the resources of Eurovision spectacle at our disposal to try and make this, you know, like a Voyager performance on steroids. And, that, and that's what we're aiming to do. So yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's going to be amazing. And I plus bought- we've got the lofty responsibility of closing out the semis as well. So we've mm-hmm. got to end with a showstopper. What a place. I was going to say, let's talk about that next then. You, well, you spoke about vo- a Voyager performance on steroids, which already sounds so exciting. So you get the chance, <laughs> so you get the chance to close the show, to close your semifinal with promise. What, was it like when you found out your slot in the running order and how pleased are you that the type of song that you're taking to Eurovision almost seems the perfect fit? Well, the producers definitely thought so anyway, for that slot. Yeah, it was funny, actually. I It kind of caught me by surprise because I saw the the notification on the Eurovision Facebook that the running order was being released. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a running order that gets decided. <laughs> you were like, I you're should, so, probably, I should yeah. probably look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of get caught up in all the, you know, all the prep work and um, all the press and everything you have to do. You kind of forget about some of the, <laughs> the logistics that happened at that point. So yeah, um, yeah, it was it was a, a shock. And Ash, just <clears> thinking <throat> about the the fans back at home in Australia as well, of course. How nice is it knowing 
obviously when you're on completely the other side of the world that they'll be there doing what you did for so many years getting up early in the morning to watch the show and that is a benefit of course of being the Australian Eurovision representative I remember talking to Sheldon about this last year at least finally you don't have to get up early in the morning to watch Eurovision for a change <laughs> it is a blessed relief <laughs> you know last year we had the um the football world cup and I was up every night for probably about a month and a half watching all those games. And yeah, finally one year, I don't have to get up to watch the live final and I get to see, the, I get to see it live. I don't have to try and ignore social media for half a day until they do the primetime rerun in Australia as well, which is almost impossible to do. So yeah, on top of actually being there, just being there and being awake is going to be amazing. Ash, thank you so much for chatting. It's been so brilliant to have you on the podcast. Can't wait to catch up with you again in Liverpool, which we will have to do. And uh, yeah, all the very best for uh, for Eurovision 2023. And enjoy the pre-parties as well. And I hope the jet lag's not too bad for you. That sounds fantastic, catching up in Liverpool. Hope we get to do so. And thank you so much for everything. <laughs> really appreciate it, Ash. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. And with that, we are done. Thank you to Ash from Voyager, who you've just heard from for joining us on this week's episode of the Euro Trip. Thank you as well, of course, to Andre and Jeffrey, the boys from Tavorchi in Ukraine. They stopped by at the very start of this podcast this week. So thank you to them. I know they've got some very hectic schedules, so it's brilliant to have them on the podcast. Thank you to Xiao as well, Eurovision volunteer. And also thank you to AJ, who joined us for the leap to Liverpool. And also go check out the Phoenix as well, of course, who do some brilliant stuff. Uh, go and find them, the Phoenix ESC. That's it for me. No one second song this week because well it was going to be quite difficult to try and explain to the guys from Tavorchi what we were doing um, Ash I'm sure probably would have done it but I hadn't, hadn't prepared one by the time we spoke and also I mean I'll be honest with you my lead is so extensive at this point probably no point trying to get anyone else to play it because if they'd have lost and I'd have extended my lead even further I don't think James would have been particularly happy when he comes back next week but thank you for being with me. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, you want to get in touch about anything, then you can find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can also send us an email, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. And also we're on TikTok as well. And I'll also make sure that we pop up some videos of the chats with Tavorchi and also Ash from Voyager across the week. So go and check them out as well. And we'll also have some exclusive stories from those conversations as well over on eurotrippodcast.com. But until the next time, don't forget to leave us a review, rate us five star, subscribe and leave us a review. I feel like I've repeated some stuff in there. I can't remember. Honestly, James says every week. So when it's me, I never get it right. Please do all of those things in whatever order you like anyway. And I'd really, really appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another of the class of Eurovision 2023. I know who it is. And I promise you are going to want to be there to hear it. Thank you for joining me. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for keeping me company. James is back next week and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.